It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Seiya Suzuki, Nick Castellanos, Chris Bryant. The Giants have been tied to those three right-handed power-hitting free agents. Which one is the best fit for the team, and who are they going to most aggressively pursue when the lockout ends? We'll talk about it next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide episodes three days a week until the lockout ends, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube as well, so check us out there if you have not already. And coming up on today's show, as I said, we're going to talk about Seiya Suzuki, Nick Castellanos, and Chris Bryant, all of whom are right-handed hitters who kind of fit that criteria that Farhan Zaidi said the Giants would be looking for this winter. This is a mailbag edition of the show, so that's those are just a couple of the questions, and we'll get to some others as well, including touching upon what's going on with the lockout. But the first question comes from Michael, who asks, do you think Seiya Suzuki will be their main right-handed hitting free agent target when the lockout ends? If not Suzuki or Castellanos, which other free agent hitters do we actually think Farhan would be interested in adding? So I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, I really do believe that Seiya Suzuki uh, uh, would be the number one target for them. It, the, the writing has kind of been on the wall. He Zaidi literally said when Andy Baggerly asked about Seiya Suzuki that Certainly, we would be in that market. A right-handed hitter with good at-bat quality and power really fits their team. And the fact is, there aren't that many of those guys out there in free agency. And so, looking at Suzuki, it makes all the sense in the world. And then we've also had reports that the Giants were you know, among the teams that were, I don't know, finalists isn't really the right word, but they, they've certainly been linked to him in, in rumors. And... We're also getting reports, by the way, that Suzuki is going to wait out the lockout. He's going to wait as long as it takes. He's not going to go back to Japan. He wants to wait, and he wants to come to the major leagues, and he's uh, he's ready to do so. And actually, Andy Baggerly has been the one kind of with the most up-to-the-minute reporting on Seiya Suzuki. But the fact is, I mean, the predicted contracts, and of course, we don't know what the ultimate contract will be, but the average of MLB trade rumors, ESPN, and Fangraphs is about four years for about $11 million per year. And when you look at what is the average for Castellanos, it's three or four years at about $21 million per year. So, of course, you know more so what you're going to get with Castellanos, and part of what you get is actually bad defense. And so, I don't know. Is is Castellanos worth double what, say, a Suzuki is going to get? Probably not. And, of course, when the lockout ends, it could really change the 
landscape, the market and how teams are willing to spend or not spend. And they might want to uh, have payers play, uh, payers, players pay the cost of lost revenues that the teams are quote unquote suffering, even though it's self-inflicted. But I just think, I mean, okay, so we have some projections up on fan graphs for Suzuki. Steamer has a projection. ATC has a projection. The Bat has a projection. These are three reputable projection systems. And all three of those projections, projection systems have him as an above average offensive player with Steamer having him well, well above average. And so I don't know. I mean, I personally don't have my own projection system for players coming over from Japan, but uh, he seems to fit that mold. Good, uh, good discipline, not a lot of strikeouts and power. And then he's uh, a pretty good right fielder from what I understand and has a good arm. So I like him quite a bit. Castellanos has those defensive questions, although he can really hit, but he's not really patient, which is something that the Giants like. And I think Suzuki is a little bit more patient. So if you said, if not those two, then who are some other free agent hitters uh, that we actually think Zaidi would be interested in adding? So just scrolling through, I mean, there's Carlos Correa. I don't think that that's realistic at all, but Correa would be a great ad who would improve any team, including the Giants. Trevor Story, I like him, but there are reports he wants to stay at shortstop where the Giants don't have an opening right now because of Crawford. And kind of like Castellanos, there's some chase. There's He's not a very disciplined hitter, and so I don't know that he necessarily fits. That's pretty much it for right-handed hitters, except Tommy Pham, but that's very much the um, generic brand. He's not the name brand guy, but Tommy Pham, I think, would be a really solid ad as a bounce-back candidate. And then that's pretty much it for right-handed hitters. I guess Chris Bryant, and we'll get to him in a second in another question. But yeah, I mean, Chris Bryant, Tommy Pham, Michael Conforto as a left-handed hitter, and Kyle Schwarber as a left-handed hitter, and then there's Nelson Cruz as a possible DH candidate. So that's pretty much those are pretty much the names right there that I see as realistic possibilities, with maybe uh Jock Peterson also fitting in that category. But again, like Tommy Pham. Not really the name brand right now. His stock is a little bit down, but yeah, I kind of I would zero in on the guys that I just mentioned. So also, let's see. The next question comes from Swervo, who asks: Is Chris Bryant as good as gone, or is he more likely to come back? I just I happen to think that he's as good as gone because the performance. I mean, mostly this is just what stands out to me is that we saw that the performance just wasn't at an elite level and there's just real questions defensively. That's kind of emerging for me as a theme with a lot of these free agents is that there's big defensive questions. So a lot of it depends. I've been saying this all offseason. If his market kind of tanks and if he really does end up being available for what Kylie McDaniel at ESPN predicted, which was five years, $90 million, I think that that becomes a lot more attractive to the Giants versus what I think it was MLB trade rumors or maybe Fangraphs predicted, which was like eight years, $200 million. So a huge range of possibilities. And of course, there's more than just what these sources are predicting in terms of the range of possible outcomes. 
but the average prediction was for over six years at over $23 million a year. And I just don't think that that's a great buy. So it'll depend, but I would, I would bank on him ultimately signing elsewhere. I just don't know that the Giants believe in his long-term kind of aging curve and, and that it would end up being a good contract given the number of years he's likely to command. This would be a long-term commitment. I just think that there are some better buys out there. So coming up next, we'll talk about why expanded playoffs might seem exciting, but it's actually a Trojan horse that allows owners to spend less money. So we'll get into that topic in just a minute. But first, it's that time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. You might be thinking, wow, that sounds delicious, but how does this go hand-in-hand with eating healthy? Well, go to Built.com, scroll down to their macros chart, you'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, as promised, we are going to talk about expanded playoffs and a couple of other lockout topics here as we continue to get to your questions. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Locked on MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So yeah, the next question comes from Josh Zwick, who asks, how do you think expanded playoffs will affect teams? Are they abolishing the Manfred runner? And so that Second part of the question is the runner, the kind of ghost runner on second base to start extra innings. That I don't know. I actually haven't seen that reported on as to whether or not that's something that would likely be included in a new collective bargaining agreement. I'm not sure it has anything really to do with that. We do know that the the league is trying to slip into this CBA the ability for themselves to be able to just implement new rules without basically consent of the players just by giving them 45 days notice as it is now they only need a year but that was the current rule so i believe they can just keep it so i actually don't know one way or the other uh but i'll keep an eye out for that and talk about it whenever we hear something but in terms of how do i think expanded playoffs will affect teams this is where i'm saying that it might seem exciting and actually it might benefit a team like the giants more than most given that they're in this tough division. I know they just won 107 games and won the division. But, you know, we go back to the drawing board, and just like entering 2021, we had the Giants as long odds because they were in a division with the Dodgers and the Padres. Adding another playoff team in the league would substantially help the Giants' chances of making it year in and year out. And so, on the one hand, 
it's hard as a Giants fan to not be a little bit excited about that. But on the other hand, the issue that the players have with this and the reason this is a, a big bargaining chip for the players and it's something the owners want and the players, you know, by being willing to give it, are able to get something themselves is because it has the potential to cause teams to spend less money, essentially, because suddenly the threshold to get into the playoffs drops. And so maybe on average, you only need 83, 84, 85 wins to get in on a given year. And so you can justify kind of being a 500 team and just taking your shot uh, and and not necessarily spending money to push too much beyond that number. And that's the other thing. If you project yourself as a like an 88 win team, there's not a lot of incentive to push yourself any higher because you feel comfortable that you don't need to. So the issue is, and I'm sure we've heard hints about this, but we haven't really gotten specifics. We do actually, we have heard some specifics, but we don't know exactly what's being proposed. But there's the need to make the different seeds incentivized. Like there needs to be a an incentive basically for each and every seed above the seed below it so that teams have an incentive to be as good as possible. So, you know, for example, a certain number of seeds would get a buy and they wouldn't have to be subjected to a first round. And we're probably looking at a first round of a best of three that some number of teams would have to be subjected to. And there's a lot of randomness that goes along with a best of three. And so, yeah, if you can make some seeds that get to skip it, that is an incentive to, to get above that round. And then, you know, beyond that, you can make more incentives like uh, a certain, I think this was part of one of the proposals by the players was that like the, the best seed and the worst seed in their matchup in the best of three, so not counting the teams that have buys, the worst seed would start in a 1-0 hole in the series. And so, I mean, I think that it was actually even worse than that. And like that, they'd be in a worse situation like than that, like it was a 2-0 hole. So they would, the, the lowest seed would have to win all three games in order to advance. And the top seed would only have to win one and that all three games would be in the home team's ballpark and so that would be a terrible situation to be in if you were that bottom seed so again incentive to finish higher and so i think that that's necessary because if you just like make every team okay so we're talking about 12 team playoffs right now it's 10 and if we're talking about 12 or 14 which has been discussed then you know if you just have the top seed play the bottom seed and just in a best of three there's not a huge advantage to being number one versus being number six or number uh, eight. And so they've got to address that. And hopefully they will. I think the players understand this, thankfully. And there are ways to make an expanded playoff work for both sides. So that's kind of the way I see it. And I think that ultimately we will have expanded playoffs. And as uh, as um, and assuming they can get the incentives right, it'll actually hopefully incentivize teams even more than they are incentivized now to be more competitive. So that's my take on that. 
Next question comes from Richard, who asks, do you think the players hold on their earlier threat that any loss of regular season games would result in them refusing expanded playoffs? Ultimately, I think that will not be the case, as I just said, because I I said that I think we will have expanded playoffs. But like I also said, it's a huge bargaining chip. The owners really, really want expanded playoffs. And so the players now can say, if you are going to cancel games, which they already have, if you are going to have the position that players shouldn't be paid for those games, which the league has said that is their position, then the players should take expanded playoffs off the table. Now, that doesn't bode well for us as fans because it's just more to fight about because we had heard that they kind of had agreed to have an expanded playoffs. But yeah, I mean, it's a huge bargaining chip for the players, which is why I ultimately don't think that they'll use it because they can they can hold it against the owners for now and eventually give it back in exchange for something that they want. So yeah, I think that ultimately we will have expanded playoffs, but the the players have every right to continue to hold out and say, yeah, now that you cancel games, we're not going to uh, agree to expanded playoffs. So anyway, coming up in just a minute, I'm going to talk about who I think is my number one target, not who I think, but who I know is my number one target for the Giants when the lockout ends. And we're also going to talk about which Giant is most likely to get MVP votes in 2022. So stay tuned for that. But first, football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, and baseball as well. We're going to have a lot of baseball action. They've already got action about uh, over-under on the number of games this season, odds about when the first game is going to be played. So be on the lookout for that. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, as promised, we are going to get a, get into a couple of more questions here. Uh, the next question comes from Sam, who asks, who is your number one target signing or trade that you want to see the Giants make when the lockout ends? And then Sam says in seven months, which is just so very depressing because we would be in another offseason. Man, it is still on the table, right, that we could lose an entire baseball season. What a disastrous outcome that would be and i really just hope that these two sides can figure it out we are supposed to be uh, just a few weeks away from the start of the season and it is depressing and this is the second time in the last three years that we've been faced with this situation so i mean obviously two years ago it was very different with covid but still it is rough if you're a baseball fan and it doesn't really seem like the league at least cares about that the players want to get out there and play but the league i mean they instituted the lockout they waited six weeks to make a proposal once a serious core economics proposal once they instituted the lockout and then only at the last minute did they start actually you know 
seriously negotiating and then they couldn't reach a deal and then they canceled games. It's just really depressing. But anyway, I'm going off on a tangent there. I really do think that my number one target would be Seiya Suzuki because of what we were talking about. But there are other guys who I really think could fit the bill in his place. I think, like I said, Tommy Pham, a little bit under the radar bounce back kind of candidate. And then we start to, for me, some of the left-handed hitters like Michael Conforto and Kyle Schwarber, although again, Schwarber, another guy who has defensive questions, but the bat is really not in question. I like Trevor Story. There's something about him. If he was willing to be more versatile and play in the outfield, some, uh, I like him, but I'm not sure that he's the best fit. And then on the starting pitching side, there are a number of guys that make sense. Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley, Chris Bassett, Sean Manaya, Frankie Montas, Carlos Rodon. So I know you asked me who's my number one guy. And I think that I'm I'm going with Seiya Suzuki just because the the upside is big beyond what I mean, like I said, there's a lot of risk with a Chris Bryant, for example. You largely know what you're going to get, but there's also a lot of downside. But with Seiya Suzuki, I mean, you're talking about a contract that might look like four years, $50 million or so, and you might get just exciting production. And, and it's been a while since the Giants signed a player you know, from Japan, and, and these guys are always exciting, and, and there's a lot of intrigue, and I think that you know, the Giants value personality too. And and some of these guys we're mentioning uh, have questions about their character and whether they're the best clubhouse guys. And I think Seiya Suzuki, from what I have heard, is a very positive clubhouse influence. And I think that matters. And, and so that for me is factoring in. And some of the guys that I mentioned as free agent possibilities, I think that there are some issues that would give me pause. Carlos Correa, for example, I mean, would he be, he's the best player available. I think there's no question about it right now, but there's questions there. I mean, he's a little bit of a, he's really cocky and there's the whole cheating scandal. And so I just don't know if that fits in with what the Giants are trying to accomplish from a, from a clubhouse chemistry perspective and a culture perspective. And so that would be an issue. There's Clayton Kershaw. I mean, that would be hilarious and, and also kind of great because uh, he's there's some injury concern, but still he's Clayton Kershaw and it would be kind of devastating to Dodgers fans, which would be fun, but that's not realistic at all. But hopefully I answered that question well enough. I'm just going with Suzuki, but I wanted to name all these other guys who I think could be really good fits for the Giants as well. Last question from Brian, your hot take blank will be the most likely giant to get NL MVP votes in 2022. So is it a hot take or is it the most realistic? It's a little bit of a, um, or the most likely it's a little bit of a, uh, it's unclear to me what you want me to say, like something crazy or something that is realistic. So the, I had thought I didn't notice the part about it being a hot take at first. And so my answer was going to be, I was going to go with Brandon Crawford simply because of the type of season he had in 2021. It looked like he was on his way to having that type of year in 2020 as well. I don't think it was really just a fluke. 
But beyond that, I think Logan Webb is an obvious answer for the other guy. I, I don't really see anyone else as likely to get MVP votes at all. I guess Mike Yastrzemski would probably be next. But, I mean, how about a hot take, say a Suzuki? How about he comes over and becomes a star and, and gets some MVP votes as well? So that's kind of where I'm going with that today. And that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked On Giants your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. Also liking, commenting, subscribing on YouTube, all of that good stuff. So thank you in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so already. Have a great weekend. I can't wait to be with you again next week. Three more episodes. We'll talk about the latest with the lockout as we always do. The two sides met on Thursday Despite leaving Florida in that kind of contentious manner, the lead negotiators met in New York on Thursday, and uh, we've heard that the players are preparing a proposal that they will make at some unknown date, but hopefully in the next few days, and we'll have updates for you next week. So I can't wait to be with you again then. Thanks again for listening. Stay locked on Giants. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.